This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's time for You Better You Bet. We'll give you an edge to beat the spread and so much more. What do we call that? Wagertainment. It's You Better You Bet from BetQL. Hour number three, You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM, PJ Glasser, and Ryan Horvat with you on a Tuesday, filling in for Nick. And, Cam, we're going to get to our guy Rick Camp here in a moment. But just a reminder that we will be on Stadium. Watch Stadium.com uh, for the next hour up until 6 o'clock Eastern time. We'll also be on Sirius Channel 160, Sirius XM 205. You can watch us on Twitch.tv slash BetQL, YouTube backslash Odyssey Sports. And follow us on uh, the BetQL app on Twitter. X. Let's check in now with our guy Rick Camp joining us. Busy day in the NBA so far. You can follow Rick on Twitter at Rick C Camp. Covers uh the NBA and does NBA betting four four for four. And uh Rick, first of all, great to talk to you. Thanks for joining us again. Your thoughts on uh the big news of the day now with the Bucks getting rid of Adrian Griffin and now sources saying that Doc Rivers is gonna be the new target to uh for Milwaukee. What's your reaction to all this? It's kind of wild, and this is maybe one of the bigger owls Giannis has had to take in his career because he was the one that vouched and wanted Adrian Griffin. And I see comparisons to David Blatt. At least LeBron wasn't the one that vouched for David Blatt. So this is uh, similar in terms of how urgent the team is to win. But, you know, Giannis, is, uh, he does a good job of having the smile, puts on the show, but he's he's a killer and a superstar, just like any other in terms of if he's done with someone, he's done with someone. And they're probably going to be gone. And the report from The Athletic that Doc Rivers has been a consultant for like the last month for Adrian Griffin is kind of wild in this. And that it sure <laughs> seems like he's going to end up being the dude. I mean, his playoff success is, or lack thereof, has been kind of iffy and it makes me not as well maybe the bucks are better in the immediate because they get some stability ish in terms of someone that knows what they're doing in the regular season this is gonna be fascinating to see how it plays out uh, once we get to the playoffs what do you think about the other move in the east the heat pick up uh terry rozier they trade away kyle lowry and rozier i mean you know granted it's on the hornets who have nine wins this season but he's averaging 23 points per game almost seven assists 6.6 assists the Heat right now, 14-1 to one to win the East. I don't know if this moves the needle for you with any futures or anything like that, but what do you think about the move for Miami uh, picking up another score? I like it for Miami. It makes sense. They needed another guy that can create offense outside of Jimmy Butler and outside of Tyler Hero. So he fits that bill, and he's a guy 
that, you know, you could tell something was going to happen with him soon because your national writers and podcast guys, you know, like heard Zach Lowe bringing up, well, yeah, everybody's heard that, you know, Rozier knows that if he goes to a contender, he's not going to be one of the top couple players. And basically, like, he's going to know his role. So once you start hearing that type of thing, it's like, hey, get me out of here. Or I know I'm going to be out of here. So I think it makes a lot of sense for Miami. Maybe a little bit of risk if that, you know, with that pick, just so they could, you know, they had to make it unprotected in that second year so that they could maintain flexibility with their other first round picks. But that's just like a little footnote here and there. I don't know that it necessarily changes my thoughts for them in terms of winning the East. Honestly, maybe the everything happening in Milwaukee makes me like them a little bit better. But I still, when it comes to the Eastern Conference, kind of think it's just Boston. And, like, Boston's problems are first-world problems compared to even the Bucks and the Sixers and the Cavs and the Heat and the Knicks. So I still end up thinking the odds are probably pretty good right now with where they're at. Boston's the, you know, the favorite to come out of the East, as they should be. And, you know, more than likely right now, I'm looking at betting whoever's going to win the West to uh, win the NBA title. So if I'm looking at futures, I would tell people if you're looking at futures in the East, look to win the conference. If you're looking at them for the West, look at them to win the title. Interesting. I, I mean, Rick, you came on, I think, this show a couple weeks ago, and you were talking about the Cavs to win the division. And now they've won eight straight. And now Milwaukee's gotten rid of Griffin. Um how great are you feeling about this bet with the way that the Cavs are playing and now with Milwaukee, you know, I mean, they're 30 and 13 on the season, but clearly they, uh, they weren't agreeing with Griffin as their head coach. I'm feeling pretty good right now. I think one of the fascinating things timing wise is that this happened right before these two play a duplex spot in Milwaukee. So that was part of my cap at the time was, Hey, three of these Three of the next five games for the Cavs at the time were against the Bucks. So if they could take two or three, then they're in a spot where they've kept themselves within striking distance. And right now, yeah, it's three games, but it's two in the loss column because Milwaukee's played two more games. So being where they are, the Cavs are playing great. There's still going to be the questions of of integrating Mobley and Garland back in when that comes about. But I do like where they're at at the moment. And if nothing else, there's going to be, even if maybe the vibes are better in Milwaukee, there's probably going to be a little bit of an adjustment period. Think about how the Hawks are the Hawks, but like Quinn Snyder last year, you could tell the process was getting better, but guys were still having to adjust the way they were playing a little bit. So Milwaukee does have a little bit of wiggle room, but in terms of the division and where Cleveland's at right now, I know the odds have essentially cut in half from when I uh, gave that out last week or the week before, uh, but it's looking good for Cleveland right now. They seem like the most stable team in that division when you consider Milwaukee has everything they're going today have going on, and Indiana has Tyrese Halliburton out of the lineup, and maybe one of your big first shakeups and, a, and you know ripple effects of that 65 game minimum is Halliburton rehurting himself. What do you think about the MVP market? Where I mean, I think last week when we talked, Embiid was still eight to one, and uh, obviously had the head-to-head matchup where they end up beating the Nuggets. He plays pretty well against uh, Jokic, but then last night dropped 70-plus. If you were going to do anything in that market other than Embiid and Jokic, who would you look at? Is it even worth a bet, do you think? I don't think so right now. I mean, 
The so what I have in the market, and I didn't enter the market until pretty recently. I have Shea at four, and yeah. I have Jokic at two fifty. Those are the numbers that I have. So I mean, I you know, BetMGM looks like it might have the best Jokic number at the moment. I think the reaction to like the one or two performances from Embiid is just kind of funny. Yeah, like I get it, but also like yesterday was the perfect perfect situation for him to go off it's a brutal defense while he's at home but they have the one big name player for him to be able to claim but it was against this guy it was against Wambanyama to try and you know validate it a little bit more not taking away from his greatness because he was fantastic but that's the perfect Embiid setup for what the narrative is around him right now so do I think this is still going to ebb and flow yeah, between those three guys, I think it's very much going to ebb and flow. Some I've heard a little bit of thinking about Giannis now that there's, you know, could be some stability coming to Milwaukee, but I just don't see it. I don't, I don't think that defense is going to improve enough over the course of the rest of the season because, hey, Damian Lillard and Malik Beasley are still your starting backcourt. Right. I don't know what they can do with the limited resources they have to change that. So I also don't think the Mavs are going to make some huge run to be able to truly thrust Luka into this. I think it's going to come down to those three dudes, and I think their numbers are going to vacillate a little bit here and there. But I guess I would say if, assuming nothing crazy happens to any of them, if any of them really get past that 4-1 to number, maybe if you don't have a position, bet them. But outside of that, I think I'm just more or less, I have a couple positions now. If it's Embiid, I lose. And that might just be the spot because I wasn't smart enough to take advantage of Embiid when he was back at eight or nine to one. Rick Phoenix Suns have won six games in a row. They're now twenty-five and eighteen on the season. What are you seeing with Phoenix? Why are they playing better? And uh, you know, is this a team that maybe you're thinking now of betting in the futures market? The team that's kind of looking uh, that what we maybe thought they would be to start the season. I think they are starting to look a little bit more like what people expected to begin the year. But the thing is, they've had their, that's been baked into the price the entire time. So do I think they're starting to finally get some continuity now that they have everybody or at least a vast majority of their rotation together? Sure, they're finally able to play together and figure out who does what in each unit because they basically said, hey, we don't really need a traditional point guard. It's all about Booker and Beal and Durant being able to have the ball and they have a bunch of like combo guards that can handle the ball as well, Eric Gordon too, to where they don't really need it. But I do worry a little bit about front court depth with them, with just having Nurkic and Eubanks, and like that's pretty much it. They can play small with Durant at center, and those lineups have been awesome. But when you look at the teams in front of them in the West, you can maybe pull that against Oklahoma City, but you can't do that against Denver, and you can't do that against Minnesota. And I think that's where the you know the newer uh, style of just hey let's let's have some size versus maybe the end of that Warriors run where we're still thinking of small ball could be fine. It's more about skill ball right now, and these other teams are able to have that high skill level while still having size that can punish the smaller team like the Suns. So it's going to be very matchup dependent. I'm not betting anything on them right now. Because I still just don't think there's that much value on them in the market. Even when you look at the division, they're four back in the loss column, three back overall from the Clippers. 
and the Clippers are playing well enough to where I don't think they're necessarily going to fade. Rick, anything you like tonight? We got five games. Any sides, totals, or uh, player props that you like? We begin with uh, Nuggets Pacers tonight, which should be a good one. Yeah, no Halliburton makes that a lot, little less fun, but it still should be a good like contrast of styles, if nothing else. I've got a couple. New Orleans in the first half, minus three and a half. They've been the best first-half team all season. They're 28-14-1 in the first half against the spread, 15-6-1 against the spread at home. Two teams that are rested with them in Utah. I think Utah is going to come down to earth a little bit. They've already started to, lost a couple in a row. You know, like they're in the 10 seed right now, just kind of hanging on to a play-in spot. And New Orleans is good. Like they're finally, now that they're able to stay healthy, they're coming together a little bit. So I really like the Pelicans. I bet them a while back when Dallas was out in front to win their division. Uh, like I think it was plus 320. So I'm already in on the Pelicans. So I like them. And Russell Westbrook over five and a half boards with Zubats out. Yes, you have Plumlee starting. You also have Tice. But they're willing, the Clippers are willing to play some smaller lineups. And also, that's kind of shortened the rotation a little bit. So it's given the opportunity for Westbrook to pick up some more minutes. We know how just if he gets the volume, He's going to give you counting stats. So in the two of the three games since Zubats has been out, he, he's gone over this number like far and away. He has eight, two, and nine rebounds in that time. And in games where since Harden's been there and he's played 27 or more minutes, 9.4 boards on 12 and a half rebounding chances. So I'm playing the over five and a half. And then I put a little sprinkle on the 10 plus at nine to one. Rick, would you do anything with the Thunder and Blazers? Because I know that, you know, in their last couple meetings, OKC, there was one of those games where they beat them by like 60 points. They, I mean, they've just blown out the Blazers. Could you see that happening tonight, or was the spread just too big? Oh, it could happen tonight, and that's why <laughs> I don't really want to touch it. Yeah. If I was going to do anything, just I would target something like a three-point prop where it's I don't need quite as much volume, so... I looked at Chet Holmgren over one and a half threes, something around anything, anything better than minus 120, I would be here for, for Chet, just because Aiton doesn't really want to go out to the perimeter too much. You know, when you're looking at, at the Bigs for Portland in general, I'd rather stay in considering some of the perimeter defensive issues that they have. So that would be something I would look at. But overall, I've been burned by a lot of blowouts this year. So I would say either... If you really want to play some guys, maybe your star guys, look at some unders for things that really rely on counting stat on uh, on volume in terms of minutes, or just stay away. It is okay to stay away on games like this. Rick, we got about like two minutes left here. Where do you think? Uh, what do you think ends up happening with Dejounte Murray and even Zach Levine? I know he's going to miss m- more time now for Chicago, but do you think any of those guys, either of those guys, gets moved uh, before the deadline here? sure seems like Levine's going to be in Chicago. If anything, it almost seems like now if the attention's turned to DeRozan, he should be the, honestly, that's the one that made more sense to me from jump because he's 34 on an expiring contract. Mm -hmm. That expiring contract could be valuable to a team that's maybe going to have some tax concerns, but also needs a secondary creator for the rest of the season. So I personally would be happy if DeMar DeRozan was traded before the deadline. I think it would make more sense from a Bulls perspective in that regard uh, with Murray, it sure seems like he's going to go. I don't, you know, you heard Milwaukee's name. I don't think they have enough to get him. They don't really have picks and they don't really have 
like desirable young guys. So I don't know if that makes sense. I don't know that the Lakers really have enough either with just one pick. And, who, and the fact that it sure sounds like if that was going to happen, D'Angelo Russell would have to be involved. But then you're getting a third team involved. And when you get three teams involved, do you really have a deal where that's you know the crux of what has to happen? So I think he goes. But I think because of who he is and what he can do, there's going to be more contenders for him that are going to want a guy like DeJounte Murray on a nice deal like he's on. So I think he does end up going. But I just don't know where that's going to end up being. Yeah. And obviously where that ends up being is going to have a big, you know, it's going to matter a whole lot. But if you guys want, there's something I actually bet uh, just, what was it, two days ago, that the odds have actually gotten better on. And I get some flack for it because I, I said this last year late in the year, and it totally burned me. But I bet the Sacramento Kings to miss the playoffs. Ooh, I Very like nice. that. Rick, We're we got to run. Break. Yep, we got to run. Love Rick that, Camp, though. Great stuff. You better you bet. Presented by BetMGM. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.